0: All right, diving in.
1: Mm-hmm. I only did the audiobook. Do we need it in print too?
0: If you want to, I mean uh, that's on the email that I had uh, sent out last week, and so <laughs> I, it, it's a a little booklet 50 pages worth um, that has
2: download it and is that are you gonna refer to it or just...
0: Probably. I mean, uh, we're probably gonna like look at uh, on page this or or line this kind of a thing.
3: Okay. I only do audio too.
2: <laughs> Are there two links, one for the book and one for the audio?
0: Uh-huh. Correct. So there are multiple versions of the audio out there. There is that free website that somebody's put it on there with. And um anyway, the timestamps that are in my version, uh uh go with okay. the, the mp3 that i have linked in the email okay so i guess i didn't
2: find the book i just found the mp3 so i'll have to go yeah. back through the email because i thought oh um, i want yeah process. it's just an attachment okay oh is it is it like a p it's a is it a pdf oh that's why i was looking for a link it's an, a pdf okay uh-huh.
0: yeah so there's now i know what if, i'm
2: looking for okay. right. i think
0: four different pdfs that are attached to that email let me open it up really quick
1: Cause I only see, uh, audio links for the, uh-huh.
0: and so it's an attachment at the, well, either at the beginning or end of your email there. Um,
1: okay. I didn't see that. Sorry. All right. Thank
0: you. Oh, no, you're good.
3: And Cameron, I only listen to the free download. Is that, is that going to be okay?
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, that free, um, uh, the, the website that has it breaks it up into two things. So it's the first hour, second hour. And so the MP3 that I did was combining all of those together into one single file. And that's what I took the uh, the timestamps off of here in, in this book. So um, let me see. I'm looking at that email, and I've attached one, two, three. So there's five different attachments onto that email that I sent out last week. And um two of them are going to be the homework for, for next week's um class, the, the two parables. So okay. you'll wanna take a look at those, okay. and print those out. Yeah. Hmm. And the rest
2: are the book, the the written transcript of okay.
0: Uh-huh. So awesome. th- thank you. They, yeah, the they saw our day is about 50 pages long. Um and that's what we've got here for tonight. And then also um there some people had requested that I make a, a wide margin version of the lectures on faith uh, as we go through and study it so um, there's also a pdf of that if you want to. if you just want to read it online or if you want to actually buy a book or get it at di or whatever uh, you're welcome to do that but um, there is the wide merge wide margin pdf version uh, in that email as well <laughs> yeah like i said at the the beginning of that email sorry i'm, I'm packing everything into this <laughs> this one thing it's going to be a You're gonna want to favorite that message and keep it handy so that you have all the different materials.
1: That's easier, Cameron, putting it all together. So then we know just to go look there for everything. So,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah, that's gonna be kind of the the home base or whatever for the next few months. But yeah, so um, as we are, if you do have the the PDF um, in front of you on let me see sorry <laughs> on the side of each paragraph there's going to be like time stamps so as you are if you are quoting from the book um just kind of referenced what page you're on and then um roughly what what time stamp it's next to or something and that way we can kind of uh, read along with each other but if you don't have it that's totally fine um i I've went through it enough that if, as soon as you start talking, I might be able to find it <laughs> where we're at and can can help people find uh, to follow along with. Um, so just kind of as an overview of, of the whole presentation. So we have Lance Richardson, who starts off and uh, is talking about his family and his experience, his near death experience, which is uh, this other book, the The message by Lance Richardson. he goes into the entire near-death experience in that book. Um, but anyway, he he talks about that that had happened right before this presentation and um, uh, he talks about also the project that that him and the two other authors were working on these fictional historical novels, uh, the two Zion series books. and um, and he goes into, the fact that they were studying Zion and it led them to uh, look at the Zion prophecies amongst all of these different tribes, um, whether it be here in the Western Hemisphere or, or the Eastern Hemisphere, um, that they all had many different Zion and Enoch or utopian type um, stories. And then he goes into the actual Hopi prophecies. He, he branches into the Tibetan prophecies, then he goes to um, Mother Shipton and then Daganowita and all of his uh, examples with the Iroquois tribes. And then um, then he kind of finishes up in the, the American side of things with Benjamin Franklin and George Washington. And then ties it all together with why this is important and how they put it together. Uh, practice in their family so given that where do you all want to start like i i doubt we're going to be able to cram two hours into this one hour together and so like what kind of areas would you like to really hone in on and and talk about like what do you have notes about or questions about Um, anyway just throwing that back and and seeing uh where you guys want to study it all tonight because, I mean, there's so much here. It's it's awesome.
4: Well, let's start that this was November 20th, 2012,
0: mm-hmm.
4: and it seems like a lot of the things that he was talking about happens, yeah. Then, right?
0: Yeah, exactly, right? Um, one thing that, that really stood out to me just along that line of when he talks about the, the transgenderism that um, uh, that women will be men and men will be women like yeah we we've had that you know 1995 and stuff when uh, a lot of this was kind of uh, written and compiled but I mean hasn't that like taken an extra oomph just this last year like
5: mm-hmm.
0: oh man uh, if if Lance could see what uh, that has morphed into the in-your-face type of um stuff that that we're dealing with now anyway yeah i I totally agree (laughs) it's been interesting to see how these things have played out uh, just barely recently
2: well yeah um in the 80s they didn't even have june i guess i understand is pride month
5: Mm -hmm. and in
2: the 80s but they didn't even have that and so that's a new thing
0: yeah yeah we got that got a whole holiday based around it
3: another thing i noticed um when i read or when I listened to it, is that I think he mentioned something about um, being able to see visions and see other dimensions after his near-death experience.
5: Mm -hmm.
3: And that reminded me a little bit of the other book that we've referenced in the past called Visions of Glory. It's almost like a door was left open and there was something more permeable happening. Mm -hmm. i found found just fascinating
0: yeah isn't it so interesting that that this is happening from lots of different sources and yeah i love them um let's see (laughs) I, i don't even know where to to start here. So let's kind of uh, go into the Hopi story just kind of the basics. So on page 6 and 7 is kind of where that starts out here. Um we're looking around the minute marker 1410. Um so my question is when like this Hopi prophecy, this Hopi story here that he's telling, when is this actually happening? Like uh, anyway, where does it fit in? It says long ago the Hopi people tell the story that um their, their people were not native to this land. Um, they were converted. And uh, when this took place, then they, they buried their weapons of war, in a whole, and uh, they took an oath that they would never take them up again. The enemies came upon them, slayed them, and were converted by that. Um, then they took a migration northward. So, I mean, we have great context for that, right, in our scripture. With anti-Nephi-Lehi's, uh, they're in Alma 23-ish. Um, And so I found that very interesting that he says the Hopis and the Pueblos and the Nez Perce all have very similar stories. They're all cousins, but they all come from this um, anti-Nephi-Lehi type uh, story or heritage. And um, anyway, I, I found that super interesting. Um, how that also carries into the other four colors. Uh, many of them have similar stories of the same thing. Um, but here's where I'm talking. Like, what time frame is he he referencing here? Uh, on minute 1540, um, it's the True Life Plan. It says a long time ago, the Creator called His children together, and He explained to them what He called the True Life Plan, and explained to them how they should live in order to live in peace and harmony he told them that he would split them up into four colors of people, and they would go throughout all the world, but the time would come when they would turn against the true life plan and begin to become at war with one another and to not associate with one another. So he gave them some important signs for them to be able to recognize their true brothers. He taught them a very specific handshake by which they would know their true brothers, as well as the fact that he taught them the sign of peace, which all people seem to know as the Indian sign of peace. So when did the great creator call all of his children together and tell them, hey, I'm going to split you up into four colors and um, it's all in preparation for the end times. Like, when do you think that was? It's kind of like my burning question after having read this thousands of times, like, huh, is this uh, pre-mortally? Is this, you know, with Adam and his posterity? Is this after the flood? is this at the Tower of Babel? Like, when does the great creator call all of them together and say, hey, we're going to split you up into four? What are your guys' opinions? It doesn't have to be right, or just, what are you, are you thinking? Because I would love I to like
6: know. Moses' time. They mm-hmm. divided up the
4: tribes and the land, but was there other people before that? I mean, were there other people in other areas before that?
0: Before what exactly, Laura? Like,
4: when they, di- when they divided out the tribes and gave them their their lands of inheritance,
0: oh, like the the twelve tribes of Israel kind of thing. So yeah, um, the the yellow people, the Asians, are already fully established by that point. Um, the the blacks down in in Africa, Ethiopia, and everything are already established before
4: that. Then, interesting. Yeah, that's right. Thank
0: you. The red ones aren't yet for for a few. Uh, few years, um, you know, when when Lehigh comes over and then the the reds start uh, coming in. But yeah, it's very interesting to think about, like <laughs> looking at the time frame of all of it. But, um,
4: yeah, so that very specific handshake really stood out to me. And it made me think of the, um, the temple video with Adam and Eve.
0: Yeah. Exactly, I think that there's a lot to be said for that.
5: Um, let's see. How
0: do I dive into that right away? I'm because me and my mom had this discussion or whatever, and we went so many different rabbit holes and areas and stuff. Um, so, let's quickly talk about like what is the difference between a sign, a token, and a name? Um, so, you know, obviously, we're we're talking about very sacred things here but without reference to anything with with our temple just in general what is a sign what's the token and and what's a name it all seems to deal with proximity when you're giving a sign it's it's something that people can see far away right they can't see a token far away and 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 a name is very um close quarters so um Especially with like ancient warfare, they used to use signs, tokens and names very often to identify uh, peaceful people like uh, comrades versus enemies. And so a token is a faraway symbol that you can can show whether you mean peace or not. You know, often we, we think of like the white flag, right? You know, the, the flag of surrender kind of a thing. That, that's a sign. That's something that's far away. A token is is something that, that is given that um, is in close proximity. Like you have a proximity to kill me if 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 you want to kind of thing. So um, exchanging a, a token is is it requires a level of trust um, in order to even exchange it. And then a name is always something that is whispered. It's something very intimate and, and it's almost like a secret, a, a password, if you will kind of a thing. And so I found it interesting that he gave them important signs to be able to recognize their true brothers and taught them a very specific handshake, as well as a, a sign of, of peace, kind of a thing. So um, kind of taking a look at that and then um, transitioning into to peace in, in general. Um, so throughout this text, I, I forget which page it's on, but it talks about that Hopi is the name for peace, right? Like it's the people of peace. Um, and that the sign of peace is the, the arm to the square. And so there you have Hopi, which is a peace, and the sign of peace is, is an arm to the square. And then you have the actual symbol of peace that he gets to later when he talks about the swastika, how the inversion of the symbol of peace was the swastika so has anybody like looked at um what the the good sign of of peace is um the inverse of the swastika um you take basically the swastika and take all of the the end pieces and turn them around the the other way i don't know if you can um me i can't get my fingers right okay so, like, this is the good one, and then this is the bad one from, from Hitler, right? And so, it hit me as I was drawing it, I was like, oh, this is the symbol of peace, is is basically the Hopi sign of peace, like the arm to the square. If you draw one of those, and then continue it on around, you are actually drawing a circle. Um, the The four different... of brotherhoods the four different skin colors um they're each giving their sign of peace in in a prayer circle pretty much
3: can you pull that up again that is so cool (laughs) camera
0: i'm really bad at the camera sorry but um
3: oh i like that
0: anyway it just hit me like a ton of bricks as i was looking
3: it's so amazing that you saw that
0: and um I was like, "Oh, everything is starting to like kind of come together as far as the Hopi signs and and symbols and stuff." That, of course, if especially as you're dealing with um, the the story um, somewhere in here where um, the conquistadores are, are coming over and everything, and so they are they're given a, a sign and a uh, a handshake so that they can know their true brothers and that um sign and handshake is about peace and when they are handed a trinket <laughs> instead of a, an actual handshake of peace then they're like and we knew a great time of bloodshed was upon us kind of a thing and it was like oh the temple is making so much more sense now um it, like taking hopi stuff and, and and pulling it in with with what we've got um Anyway, it was just blowing my mind as we were looking at that. And so I found it very interesting that they have this whole story. The great creator pulled us all together and said, I'm going to split you all up. But before you do, I'm going to give you a sign and a, a, a token, a specific handshake and a sign of peace so that you'll be able to know that who your true brothers are and that they're keeping the true life plan. And um, anyway, I mean, it's, it's basically like our endowment. This true life plan is um, uh, kind of how to, to recognize each other in, um, in the last days when, when all of this takes place.
5: Is that all- Do you way-
2: have a picture of that? I can't seem to, I'm trying to find a picture of it. Uh-huh. The healthy symbol.
0: Um, so if you look up, let's see, Indian. Um.
1: I'm going to go and read. I, I started to read Hugh Nibley's Ancient Prayer Circle. I'm going to go read that because I think I'm going to glean stuff after yeah. having this. Glean yeah.
0: More. Um, wow. There's like this uh, Wikipedia on a swastika, and it kind of goes through different versions of it through time and different cultures and, and things like that, um, and it has lots of good images that uh, help with it, um, but yeah, I, I would just like Google uh, Indian swastika or Buddhist swastika or, you know, just a
2: Hopi right. symbol That's of so interesting. hope, and it, it didn't, it
3: just didn't really give me anything.
5: Oh, uh-huh. That's
3: one of the interesting things, is I had so seen that symbol through the
5: Buddhist symbol. Mm-hmm. So that's you know, really
3: yeah, fascinating.
0: It's really common amongst the um, the Asians, uh, the, the mm-hmm. yellow, uh, people. They have it a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not finding anything either as far as like Hopi symbol hope. Um, I'm not seeing anything along those things, but if you look up swastika and look up different cultures, there's lots of different people that have um, termed it that, even though that that's not what it originally was called. You know, that's the the inverse. Um, but if you look up the Hopi tablets, um, I, I believe you'll be able to see a lot of um, those things, like those stone tablets that it references here, um, that he the the Mossau gave each of the the different skin colors, stone tablets. And those stone tablets, I believe, have the the hope symbol on there.
6: Isn't that just like Satan? To usurp something that's really good, a, a peace symbol, and then usurp it for bad, and make it something really evil. Yeah, exactly. He's done that all throughout everything. Yeah every single thing he's tried to pervert it
0: yeah like lisa was asking me the other day about um the serpent right and the how that's actually a symbol for christ and then satan usurps it and you know we often think of snakes and serpents and like ooh, that's the the evil thing yet as we see here in in this stuff with the iroquois daganoweda actually uses the serpent for each of the tribes and, okay, so the red serpent, the white serpent, the black serpent, and uh, the Bahani that, that come on in and save the day kind of thing. Very interesting.
3: And I was reading today on, along that line, Cameron, that the seraphim are often referred to as the fiery serpents.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Which yeah. I think you know, it just added another layer to that. Yeah. Isn't it interesting?
0: Is it in this specific um thing that uh talks about why the the serpent um is I can't remember, I've read so many different like hope things this last week, <laughs> but um why um like the Aztecs and and everybody has an eagle with a serpent on uh their their symbolism, their flags and stuff, um but seems like it is in here. Just a second.
5: Let me try to find it. That's the problem with studying. <laughs> Sometimes you get all messed up. Sometimes.
0: Yeah, I can't find it. Anyway, it, it might not be in here. But anyway, that the the serpent is is often um, representative of of power and uh, priesthood, and then especially when you add wings to it, it's it's one that can can doesn't necessarily stick to to this world or this sphere. That they are like seraphim that can um, can transport and um, and everything
5: and that makes total sense
0: all right um (laughs) sorry i'm just everywhere and i'm just excited to to hear what y'all think of stuff so when we were talking about um all of the the great shakings here right that there's there's two great shakings and that there is a possibility for a third great shaking now, where would you guys say that we are in all of that? Have we passed the point of redemption from a third shaking? Like, are we uh, headed into it? Or um, is there still time to avoid the third great shaking? What say you all? <laughs> uh, we're looking on um, page like 10 and 11 here, if you want to look at them.
6: Third great shaking is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what larger. I am to you. There's, there's no but way it's, yeah it's we perfect. haven't done anything to
5: redeem ourselves
6: no
4: way. <laughs> there's no way around it right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's
6: coming
5: yeah and there's so
6: earthquake proofing all our temples
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
6: <It's coming>. uh, <laughs> what did you say
0: that I, we're earthquake proofing all of our temples oh
5: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like
0: what? What about <laughs> yeah but anyway i've I, you know i've always heard of the third world war whatever kind of thing and the time of tribulations and stuff but it was very interesting to hear it from this kind of a perspective that there's the the first two great shakings <clears throat> and that whoever drops the gourd of ashes in the second great shaking gets the gourd of ashes dropped on it in the third and you know, I thought that that was very significant because, as we've seen, how that played out in the second grade shaking.
5: Um, let's see.
4: I really like this about going high into the mountains. Let's go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I
4: don't like being cold, but I don't like contention either. I don't know.
0: Yep, exactly. But I found it interesting that the Hopis or, you know, all of these different groups that were given these prophecies when Christ came the first time, they were not allowed to share what he told them until a very specific time frame. And that was after the second great shaking, before the third, and it the third could be avoided if the world was to accept the... The Hopi's prophecy, or I mean, it's, I'm pigeonholing it to the Hopi's, but I mean, it's it's everyone's um, responsibility to to go out and share these things. But isn't that so interesting that they were denied at the the House of Micah, the uh, United Nations, there uh, three times, and and it was given to the United States the final veto vote on it, and Henry Cabot Lodge. Um, it was the one that squelched that. And then Thomas Bianca um, was able in eight, 1982, allowed to go back to the UN and deliver it, but they were refused. And so they tried to write it down and pass it on in writing. And they don't know whether that ever happened or not. I found that story so interesting that um, that the Masal comes and gives them this timeframe. It's like, here's the prophecies, here's the signs to look for. And at that time, you're going to go to the house of micah and try to convince these people but if they don't let you then the third great shaking is going to happen and we see how it played out it's like whoa why why would that be a, a thing and um anyway it's just, how it all played out was was so interesting to me <laughs> i found it finally sorry on page 12 and 13 that um under the section called names of the great white god <clears throat> uh it talks about that that snake principle that i was trying to find sorry about that um so most of them translate to feathered serpent for example quetzalcoatl uh the quetzal is a type of bird and the feathers could only be worn by kings and royalty is basically to them the lord of the heavens, and quetzal, it was the snake and to them the snake had great power and was lord of the underworld or in other words the earth and so to them the name quetzalcoatl meant lord of heaven and earth there you go (laughs) tried to find it couldn't find it
3: that is super interesting too because it would be really easy with mythology to assume that the underworld is a reference to um the hades Mm
5: -hmm. Yeah, I
3: like I like the reference to the earth because that's you know that that is where the snake would be living anyway. So that mm-hmm. makes, that's a good clarification.
0: Yeah, and then likewise in uh, the kukulcan in Mayan and and <laughs> uh, was also very much flying serpent. <clears throat> Anyway, I forgot where I was at, but <clears throat> we're, we're there in that United Nations House of Micah, right? Um, but then we we head in on page 15 to the signs of the third great shaking. So we have transgenderism, the revealing sacred parts of our body, the speeding of time, and family neglect. And interesting that every single culture that he interviewed, the breakdown of the family was the main sign of the third great shaking that that would take place because the family broke down and look at how many of our prophets and apostles are talking about that exact same thing you know like president nelson when we studied his words right he said if if we lose the women the world will never recover and uh if we we see the breakdown of the family the the proclamation to the family is is right around this time that uh lance richardson's also doing this stuff (coughs) Mm. I found that just highly intriguing.
6: He also said in like in his recent talk to the young singles, he was trained to tell them, remember, you're a child of God, you know, remembering the the, the pre-mortal stuff, the pre-existent stuff. Yeah. With all of this um breakdown that we're having.
0: Yeah, we're just losing our identities. We're just living our own laws and our own truths now. And it's just all being thrown to the wind at such an alarming rate. Like, just look at where we're headed even a year from now. What is the world going to look like?
6: I (laughs) I was sitting in church today just looking around. I've never seen so few people there. and, And then I was teaching the primary children. They were just so... Um, disrespectful and I really had to get after them today. I'm sure they're going to say something to their parents about what I, that they were just rude and disrespectful and multiple, you know, it's just, what is going on? Wow. So the Relief Society president's kid, the Bishop Brooks kid, I mean,
0: these are the kids. Yeah i found it interesting that um the eagle on the moon prophecy um this was given that it would happen between the second and third great shakings but um it was a sign that the the native americans would start receiving some of their rights and freedoms back and um at 1969 uh how all of that plays out I, I found that very intriguing i'd never heard that before but uh, it makes a lot of sense. The natural disasters, falling airplanes. I was looking at the fallen airplanes. Uh, in the, the world as a whole, there's about 500 airplanes that have accidents every single day. And um, since 2010, there is an average of 150 plane crashes, like actual downings of planes. It's like okay. I, I had no idea. I was like looking up each of these prophecies and seeing if I could Google them kind of thing. And, and there's, there's a ton of uh, things that have happened even since this presentation was given, even though many times he's like, oh, and we can see that today, can't we? And I'm like, uh, yeah, we can see it even more. It's just compounding. Can you give those numbers
1: again, Cameron?
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, so with private planes, not commercial aircraft, there's about 500 accidents per day. Uh, you know, it, and it doesn't necessarily result in anything major, but there's about 500 accidents per day. And then since 2010, there um, is 150 passenger plane crashes. Okay. Wow. But the, the one that like hit me so crazy was the blueprint of life. So I don't know, when I was back in, I think it was eighth grade biology or something like that, you know, learned about Dolly the sheep and cloning the sheep, right? But I, I wanted to see where cloning had got to because, you know, I've never kept up on it. But I, I looked, I just typed in cloning in a Google search. The first website shocked me. Uh, it's called SynoGene.com and it was about cloning your pet. So if your pet has cancer and you just are just at your wits end because it's going to die soon, like it's a, just, Oh, Melus in a swab and we'll clone it for you. And you know, after the gestation period, you'll, you'll have a replica of your pet and you can train it alongside your, your living one while it's still alive. And, and then when it dies, you'll be able to, to keep on the cycle. Like, I mean, it, it's, what whoa when did this happen like uh, anyway just that we have found the blueprint of life and it is so commercialized now like uh, you know it's no big deal for households to clone their animals it's just a, a thing now I had no idea that it had gotten that far I thought it was like still kind of you know taboo or people were fighting it or anything no it's it's fully accepted and we just clone our pets just like nothing
6: Oh, we clone way more
0: than that, though, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, because that's just like the the culturally accepted commercial things, you know. So, like, obviously, what's happening on the the black end market and and government market, you know, like obviously we're
5: we'll we are
0: headed for some awful punishments because of of we're this. There, yeah, yeah. Uh, the rewriting of history. Like, oh, my word, have we not seen that? Mm
6: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah,
0: for sure. And uh, (laughs) just this week, I mean, this was a crazy one. Planetary alignments. So, I mean, I think we've all kind of seen little things here and there this past week about the five planets that are are aligning here uh, in June. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just looking. I was like, okay, so it's time to study planetary alignments because I haven't ever dove into it very much before. So it's almost like statistically impossible for all eight planets to ever align unless there was some catastrophism, major cosmic <laughs> disrupt, you know, kind of thing, which I'm not really now. But um, the fact that five planets is is kind of the max of, of alignment and these five planets have uh, they're going to align three times in 2004, 2022 and 2040. Um, those are the only three times that these five planets align and i was like okay so what uh lance richardson talks about here he says that when the planets aligned it would be a sign that the third shaking was imminent it would take place at any time at that point point. and i was um, like, okay
6: I, I was like whoa that's happening right now
0: yeah i was like okay so it didn't happen in 20 or 2004 because you know, we still had a few things to to go through, and I really don't think that we're going to wait till twenty forty for it to happen.
4: Uh, it's happening on Wednesday.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's right now. Like, what are the <laughs> odds that we're studying this this weekend? <laughs> and that was here anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that one kind of like took my breath away when I like Googled that the five planetary alignments. And I'm like,
6: too. I <laughs> I set it down and I was like, I think that's happening right now. <laughs> it was like. I think I read that this week. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I freaked out just a
2: little bit. Yeah. Well, I belong to a thing that keeps track of the earthquakes, and they've had one in oh, yeah. was it Japan, Alaska, Canada, Washington, Oregon—that whole ring just last week was really active. Some of them were fives and six, and some of them were three and four.
1: Yeah, but like
2: almost every day last week or when the planets aligned they were all having little earth earthquakes and i'm like oh boy we're heading toward warming <laughs> up <And> we <laughs> might just be we might not, not see you anyway 1 of morning, <laughs> we might just be gone
5: <laughs>
6: <laughs> we'll have our we'll radios out <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, we'll just float and keep our ham radios above water.
0: <laughs> <Yep>.
3: <laughs> Cameron, did you say 2022? Did I write that down right?
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, it's happening next. Happening now. <laughs> the
6: other one was 20 what? Um 2040
0: 2040.
5: Oh.
1: Okay. <clears throat> wow. Cameron. Um I, I lost all my notes. <laughs>
6: <laughs> all right. I in my car.
1: <laughs> it was just such a mess. So, and there were, of course, there were good ones because I lost them. So yeah. I, I, just because we're talking about this stuff, I am wondering, I think it was Nostradamus. It was toward the end and they were talking about the moon and it was in his quadrain. Is that what it's called?
5: I don't
1: know. Then, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Understand what that was, and I was wondering if anybody does. Let me find it
5: real quick.
1: Was that an angel? And the moon was that? Is that correct? I'm lost without my notes.
5: (laughs) Okay, they're on page
0: forty-four. Um, Sooner or later, you shall see great things, extreme horrors and persecutions, the moon led by her angel, the heavens drawn near its inclination, alas, how a great people shall be tormented and the holy laws in total ruined by other laws, all Christianity troubled, when new mines of gold and silver will be found.
5: Yeah. The moon led by her angel.
0: I'm seeing if there's another moon reference at all. There's like Saturn and Mars and some other stuff there. Evil and war,
1: wasn't that it?
0: hmm
1: <clears throat> Okay, so that makes sense. All
5: right.
1: Oh. And I forgot to look it up, see if I could find anything about it.
5: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> since nobody so
0: <laughs> <knows. laughs> Yeah, I, I have no idea, but I mean a good, good indicator because like the moon controls our water, right? It and Venus are, are the main poles um, on, on our water system and stuff and so I can see it going through um, all of the different uh, natural disasters and the, uh, the famine prophecies here um, where uh, the moon and, and its angel, kind of thing, uh, being in charge of that. I could definitely see it. <clears throat> and in uh, Mother Shipton, talks about Gabriel standing on the shores and controlling the water as well.
6: Okay, so Gabriel is the moon's angel.
0: Yeah.
1: All I could think of is in the positive light. Of the um, waters being drawn back, you know the theory of of the um, the polar cap being exposed, so that you, the 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 ten tribes the from the north can come down and and all that. So, but I don't think that's what he meant.
0: <laughs> it could possibly. I don't know enough, you yeah. yeah um so they're very much uh talking about the the famine uh, the three seasons you know and he asked him like so what is three seasons to you is that uh three years or is there multiple seasons in a year kind of thing he's like regardless we give them food we don't g- when people get married we don't give them toasters and microwave ovens we give them food lots of corn uh, i found that very interesting you know because so many people have told me like oh the profit only asks us to do three months anymore we don't need any more than three months and i'm like uh, i don't know about that i think we need three years at least <laughs> but yeah um they're at on page 18 minute marker 4132 Um, I found just this little tiny paragraph, very insightful, says in that third shaking, so not before it and, and or whatever, but in it, in that third shaking, there would be riots that would erupt from coast to coast, and war would break out. It would look like our land was about to be overthrown and a gourd of ashes would be dropped. This third shaking would be started by the red people. A country led by a red sign now i've seen a drawing of it and i have to tell you it certainly could be interpreted as the chinese flagging correlation with that and so i found that very interesting <laughs> like okay as we're we're looking at the the riots that, that happened in 2020 like was that uh, a good foretaste of, of what's coming and uh, how that that third shaking looks and, and takes place um
6: Yes, yeah. and this week, the Roe versus Wade might be overturned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, is that this week? It's maybe going to come out this week. They always come okay. out in June. I heard a bunch about it, and
2: then it just quit, and I thought they'd already made a decision. Oh, yeah. boy. I think that's going to cause, yeah. Yeah, that's going to.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, just this that- last week, not to throw a <laughs> weird backpedal into it but um when we were talking about transgender um i had quite a few different people send me videos on um some men that had the surgery done for to implant a womb right and they specifically wanted a womb so that they could get an abortion and fight with the women against Roe versus Wade and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, so literally the only reason that you're having a surgery done is so that you can get pregnant and kill a fetus. Awesome. That that we are headed into some awful territory with that one. Like, can you imagine the, the thought process on that? So crazy.
6: <sighs> the main thing with the transgender is when they start to give them the drugs that that renders the kiddo infertile boom right there the beta blockers so yeah that's the true agenda to so we can't have kids anymore and you know
0: throughout the world population control and the destruction of the family like it's coming at us from every angle look at how satan's been prepping this all along oh man
6: yeah, I saw a map of the United States that showed uh transgender gender clinics like can't remember 80s versus now and it was staggering, just it you know quadrupled in. Yeah. They're, they're everywhere now, as whereas opposed they were mostly on the east coast and you could just see the dots, you know, but now it's just a red blur of where they all are. Huh. Um, can you guys hear me?
0: Yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden you know, a little whisper. <laughs> well,
6: here we go. We're going to the quiet time. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> all right, gay son, I have noticed in. So he really wanted to have a, a gay pride flag up last year in, in our house, not in, in front of our house, because they, they do that for two weeks here where we are. <sighs> And I did. Didn't want to, but uh, picking my battles. This year, he is so much more aggressive. And I just watched a change in one year difference. And he had me, he, so he just, he started working as a civilian at Hill Air Force Base here. And um, he said, mom, I want you to watch something as part of his training, because he's still new and it was somebody at Hill that works full time there that is having to do with um was I think they call it plus relations and training people how all the ins and outs of all of this trans stuff and bathrooms and it was like an hour long presentation and what you're allowed to do like as as you know training the people that don't understand any of this stuff and I thought I was pretty surprised and and I've been pretty educated by him because he he it's important to him but I thought look at where look at where we're going at a breakneck pace it was just it was so 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 surprising and the things that he believes now that he didn't believe a couple of years ago just knocks my socks off in a very sad sort of way so I don't know where we're going to be a year from now because it's just a
6: well, they're going from the LGBTQ plus but in that is now pedo so that's where it's headed and I don't know it's just we're there people
0: <laughs> yeah. and and it's like like you said, it's a, it's a breakneck pace now. And where is that going to end up in, in even a year? I in uh, it, it's, it makes me shudder. It's, to to even think. it's
2: even in the grade schools. Now somebody had posted, what was it? I didn't really read it, but it was some book that was required reading or something for these grade school kids. And it was about a little black boy that was coming out and And I think the parents, some of the parents were like, "Mm mm," and they were. I mean, it's going to be a fight. I mean,
6: oh, it is a fight. I had a fourth grader a pride flag to school this week. She's one of the kids I have to check her bag every day in and out because she's my little klepto. But I'm like, nope, can't bring things from home to school. And I put that up on the shelf, and she was so peed at me. She was like, wait. Like, no, not in, not today, Satan. Mm-hmm. And then earlier in the year, I forgot to tell you guys this. Mm-hmm. They came through, this was about January. They came through and they put tampon and uh, period supplies in all of the bathrooms, male and female. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And I live in a very rural, you know, part of Oregon, yet yeah, real close to, Eugene and boy, though, what an uproar caused. They were up one day and down the next. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. it hmm.
0: It's crazy.
6: It is. It's super crazy. You, I can see it just all around me right now. I don't know how much longer I can hang on working where I work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. One
1: more thing you got is that. um.
6: So my I know I'm sorry. It's just so funny. No, you've got me leaning in just <laughs> it.
5: fine. <laughs>
1: I'm trying to keep the peace here. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's dating a young man that's um there's three roommates that they're three gay guys that live together. They've been friends since high school or or their mission or something like that. Anyway, one of them is dating somebody else that was there um, last night and they were all together. And this young man just declared out and out that he's a witch and he's talking about his beliefs. and And I'm thinking, okay, I thought it was like, Mm, it's gone to another level that I was not anticipating. So I don't know if they're more vulnerable to that sort of thing. I, this is new to me, but it didn't surprise, it, it shocked me, but it didn't surprise me. I thought, he Satan just knows no bounds with, with this sort of thing. So has anybody heard of that? Cameron, have you heard of that?
6: Tracy? I yeah. uh, it all the time in the schools. Um, a little bit guy his sister got into it and he's and he we did talk about jesus all the time and then about three months ago he's like i don't think i believe in jesus anymore i'm i'm going towards the witch stuff and boy i sat (laughs) him down and we chatted for a very long time and i everybody says you know religion's out of schools and i'm like not in my room (laughs) oh there Wow, about
2: 20 years ago supposedly I knew somebody that worked in the hospital, but they've since moved away and retired. And they said there was lots of witches or wic- Wiccans in the hospital. And I thought, oh boy, that's the place. I don't want to be sick. Really? Because
1: oh, people are already vulnerable there.
2: Uh huh. And I thought, oh, how scary. But that was, I don't know what it is 20 years later. I was a lot younger and they were ready to retire in about five years. So I, I don't know, I don't, I'm not sick. I don't go to the hospital, so I don't know, but I don't know what the situation is now, but I live in a rural area too. We have lots of, yeah, just lots of strange things sometimes.
3: Well, you um, perked something in my mind. Um, something that I just kind of tucked away, but didn't really give much attention to my brother was hospitalized in a very unfortunate way. Um, he needed to be at home at rest. He had been given too many types of drugs for anxiety and it kind of had the opposite reaction on him and he had some heart symptoms and things. <coughs> so We ended up sending him to a hospital of sorts it was more of a place where they take people that are having mental issues. And he told me that they did things. Uh, one of the things they did was continue to give him drugs that stopped his heart. And then they had to bring him back to life. He said to me, and I just thought maybe he was dreaming, but it does put a question mark over my head. He said that they were performing satanic rites.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe it. I that, mean, was little,
3: that was a little frightening when I heard what Elle said, because at the time I just tucked it away is odd. I don't know what to do with this information, but that is just a little um, close to home.
0: Yeah, exactly. Especially what's happening in Utah right now. And I mean, it's, it's everywhere, but you know, like we're, we're starting to some start to wake up to it you know the glenn pace memos and, and all of that of, of satanic ritual abuse and uh the witches and wiccans and <laughs> i mean <laughs> can you i mean our world is so crazy i i don't I, I not believe reading,
6: the, there's some groups i'm in and they're really attacking religions this is how it's all going to go down just there'll be a few bad ones and therefore we'll be that you know that they were saying that it's gonna come through all the levels of our church with people that are involved with all that kind of stuff and i'm just like i'm dreading that part
0: (laughs) Mm. yeah but there's hope like every time he says in here right (laughs) he's like yes there's a lot of crazy prophecies and, and things but there's always the hope
6: um this is the part where we all need to start humming
0: yeah <laughs> right
6: yeah. at the bottom of page 37 that, well, that
4: section right uh-huh. i just know and i do know that there is a time of a society of peace coming i'm most certain of that and i cannot wait to be part of it thank you very much
0: <laughs> thank you mm-hmm. it's so amazing um, kind of diving into that, that, uh, that piece there on page 19, um, where the brothers from the West and the Bahani come in. I, I found this very interesting because, you know, we've studied timelines. We, we know kind of a general gist of things uh, scripture-based. Um, I just want to kind of read through some of this. Well, it says, well, during this period of conflict on our land, they were told that it would look like we were about to be overthrown when a group from the West would rise up and come forward and save the country from destruction. And they were told that this group from the West would be their true white brothers. They were to join with them and Masao would return. And what they call the Bahani would come from heaven. Bahani is interpreted the people of light. People of light would come down and join with them and help them in creating a society of peace on this land. Now, as we, well, anyway, there. Uh, talked about what it means to be a Hopi, etc. And uh, their vision of that day and time is so masterful and wonderful. It is so neat to look at the different prophecies and different Indian tribes as they told about what would take place in that day and time. It's incredible as they talk about the technology that would come forward. And, uh, you know, the very blades of grass would erupt early just to see the day. And, you know, (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of like the worst and the worst, and then we we finally get to to turn that corner. And um, anyway, I found it very interesting. Of who are these true white brothers from the west? Are we talking about like the the northern tribes that return? Are we talking about you know like Michael Rush and the UFOs and the Lost Ten Tribes? Are we talking west? Like what is west to a Hopi Indian back at the time of Christ? You know, like there, there's not much more west as far as white people, unless we're talking about like Salt Lake. um You know, the the intermountain west type. So of is thing.
4: that the hundred and forty-four thousand? I
0: don't know. That's crazy, but it says that they come in and save the country from destruction right as it's about to be overthrown. I don't know. That is just such an interesting prophecy to me.
6: That's going to be when our constitution's hanging by a thread and. Our church saves it. The brethren save it. Mm -hmm. President Oaks. (laughs) That's interesting to me. Me too. That's what I thought.
0: And the true white brothers, because there's lots of different times when it says, you know, the true red brothers, the true white brothers. But what does true mean? Because there's many white people coming in and and subjugating them, taking away their rights and their homes and stuff. But anytime it's talking about true, it's meaning that these people are keeping the true life plan. And so, I mean, you know, with the restoration, we, <laughs> I think we we're keeping the true life plan, but, um, interesting that the Hopis are told to join with them and Masao would return and, um, what that means and how is that going to look, you know, from their first uh, expert not first but um when the the story that they they place a line of corn in the sand and they reach across and they're they're gonna give the the handshake and they receive a trinket instead and they knew that there was a time of great bloodshed is there going to be a similar type of thing when they they do uh set up a, a ceremony of sorts and and ask um for the the sign the handshake type of thing and recognize okay these are our true white brothers and now it's the time that we go build zion this is gonna be awesome right it just makes that's me great, that. great is it?
3: point cameron when you were saying that i felt that even before that, that that's exactly what had popped into my mind mm-hmm. the sign the token that that's the only way for them to know if they are their true brothers so yeah that's what i think
0: and it's very interesting taking that principle as well and applying it to our endowment proper where you know why are we given names token signs type thing it's to recognize the true messengers that will be sent right and so i i don't know i find it interesting how some of our endowment and some of the hopi prophecies are very much um the same kind of teachings. Theirs are, are passed down in an oral tradition throughout their uh, generations and, and ours have been restored through the Prophet Joseph Smith. Very interesting to think about. Um, anyway, <laughs> there's so much to talk about and we're like way out of time. But Dagon I, I find this one very interesting to uh, kind of <coughs> hit on at least that he comes and sets up with uh, Hiawatha, you know, his conversion story with him and everything, and then he comes and sets up the Iroquois Confederacy, and it very much looks like our uh, current uh, law system and everything, and the Council of Grandmothers. I mean, this was like a breath of fresh air. This was the very first time that i had ever heard about that or anything, and I was just like, How refreshing. They have a bicameral legislature, and you have all of the delegates from the the different tribes. And then once they get a unanimous vote, then they take that to the Council of Grandmothers for the final yay or nay. Like, how wise of a system is that? I I can't think of anything better. Um, And the six principles that they talk about. Anyway, just what were your guys' thoughts on the Iroquois and Dagonawida? just that whole story there.
6: Bring that back.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Right now. <laughs> we need that right now.
1: I think of President Nelson um, wanting to be a doctor because he couldn't be a mother.
0: Yeah. So I, I hadn't thought that. That's awesome.
1: That is
3: true. That is a really good point. Yeah. I like it,
5: Leslie. Oh, well
0: <clears throat> and it's interesting in Daganoweda's prophecy to the Iroquois, uh, they're on page 32 that he's bringing in those serpents, right? But the serpents change color, which is different from, you know like the, the four main colors. So we have the, the white, black, red, yellow, right? But here um, we have the white serpent that comes and attacks, um, the, the Hopis, right? The white serpent would seek to be their friends at first and then take power over them and almost crush them. And then the time would come later on when the white serpent would be attacked by the red serpent, which it's usually the Hopis that are the red element of, of the group, right? But this one is, seems to be different. Um, they would be attacked by a red serpent. The red serpent would have such a hold on the white serpent that the white serpent would forget everything else and begin to fight with the red serpent. The Red Serpent would have almost destroyed the White One. The Indians, he told them, that they would not become involved in the war, but if they would go to the hills, they would be safe. And as they were about to be destroyed, a Black Serpent would come out of the sea and would come forward and begin to thrash the Red Serpent and the White Serpent. It would kill the Red Serpent and almost have killed the White Serpent. (laughs) I mean, there's there's lots of back and forth, sorry. (laughs) But anyway, so do you guys think that this right here, the the three different serpents, the the black, white, and red, correspond with the four different colors of people, black, white, red, and yellow, or is this a totally different thing? Because at first, I was trying to, like, pigeonhole them together, and then I'm like, wait a minute, this this seems to be different, I don't know.
6: Like revelations.
0: Uh Uh-huh, yeah, the book of revelations, right? And, like, uh, the antichrist coming out of the sea kind of thing. And so, That's but I, I find it interesting that he still distinguishes them with three different colors. Like anyway,
6: this is probably one of those things we'll look back and we we'll go, "Oh, I get it now." Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> so somewhere I got it in my head that Deconawida is John the Beloved. Is that yeah. so? That makes perfect sense because he's the one that wrote
5: revelations right yeah very interesting
6: we just have to know our scriptures really well to figure it all out
0: (laughs) (laughs) now i want to like go study Revelation side by side (laughs) um and then you know i found it so interesting uh benjamin franklin the albany plan uh, george washington's view of all that and everything that
6: I had never seen that vision of his. Yeah. Had you guys seen that?
0: The the Valley Forge one, like the, the full on one that's a little bit later? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had never. Uh, I mean, I had heard of it, but I had never actually have, seen what was in it.
6: Study that in school.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. That's
6: history. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Yeah,
0: exactly. Um the thing that that caught me the most about that this last time was the fact that the person talking to George Washington was female. I had never caught that before. Like <laughs> I don't know why I like I've transcribed it, read it and stuff or whatever, but then um at one point it said she did something or whatever and I'm like, "Wait a minute." And so I went back and looked at it and yeah, the the angel that is that is talking to george washington showing him all this stuff is a female and i thought that that was very interesting because we we don't have a lot of stories of, of female angels giving prophecies and visions right and so that was uh, a huge uh, thing to me of like why did you think that like obviously like men and women you know, like why wouldn't there be
6: it's been fun like and come follow me the last couple of weeks because there's been so many female
0: mm-hmm.
6: named females like today that's all we talked about was Ruth and Naomi and Hannah. Yeah. That, that could have been some of them.
5: Is that? Yeah.
6: They're just so unknown and hidden.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Kind of protected. Yeah. Somewhat. Protected. Mary, Mary Magdalene she's there doing something for sure yeah without a
0: doubt for sure so kind of having said all that like what (laughs) any final thoughts or or things sorry this is like cramming worse than any of our other book clubs (laughs) trying to take big long uh, course material and put it into a single hour is hard
6: that's why i'm going to come to all three classes this week
0: so <laughs> they all have very different fun things to do now.
6: Because I'm done with school and I can.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We've
6: missed you, Tracy. Yeah, I have missed. I got out on Friday, so it's all good.
5: <laughs>
6: um it was interesting to me that what Lance took with all this information how he applied it and he took his family on these vacations and they just did good service projects and i mean and i mean it really. And it wasn't really-
0: about the service really it was about family like uh-huh. coming together
5: uh-huh.
0: but that was the real miracle i know
5: uh-huh
0: because like, yeah, if you read his near death experience or whatever, like that's that's the whole crux of it. That all of these other things, all of the traditions of men, the, um, uh, what do I want to call um, Like Avraham's book, Modern Idolatry. Like every single part of that is what's distracting us from our actual families. And here it is, that's the most important thing.
3: Thank
4: you for that good reminder.
0: Yeah. yeah.
4: I can hardly go in an antique store anymore
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> because of all these, a bookstore or any, any store anymore because of just all of this stuff, like just there's so much, much. yeah,
0: <laughs> simplifying and getting back to, to the true principles yeah. of family, too much,
5: oh.
0: Well, um, so for for next week, uh, obviously Father's Day, not required. I, I totally understand. I don't even know what my plans are yet. So we'll see how it shakes out. But we are going to uh, combine group A and B on next Sunday at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for anybody that wants to join. Uh, we are going to be talking about uh Anthony sweats two parables uh again i have got those in the pdf but if you do have the actual books they're just like little tiny little pamphlet kind of books um the holy invitation and the holy covenants um they're just two short little parables about our endowment um to to ponder and, and go through i have typed those out if you don't have the books uh that pdf there that you can print out there i think three pages or something each I can't is remember is that
4: the whole book that you typed out then
0: no or it's it, just the parable that's in it.
4: I've listened to the first one and I, I thought there was a lot more than that that's what I was thinking
0: mm-hmm. yeah this,
4: that's good. The book is really good.
0: so like the, the parable is let's see in this little book there's three parts and the metaphor is just one of those parts okay gotcha. But yeah, it's on Desert Bookshelf if you want to listen to it or read it or buy the physical copy or if you're just wanting to print out those and study them with us. It has lots of footnotes there uh, that you could also look up and uh, kind of gain some additional things. But every time that I listen to those, I always think of, of all, all my book club friends and I'm like, oh, I want to get their insights on what they think that symbol means, and that symbol means, and just kind of have a fun talk on it. And so seemed like a perfect one for father's day week where we're just kind of taking it chill before we uh, head into lectures on faith
4: so camera this one we did tonight they saw our day what brought this up that you wanted to do this once did we feeling <laughs> really was
6: on it um at the beginning
0: uh-huh yeah like i i don't know yeah we never did vote on it or anything but it just kept coming up in all of our different discussions here and there and i was like i don't know it's a pretty extensive one like i didn't really want to take up much of uh, President Nelson's time and uh, really dive into it. And I don't know, uh, the main thing was that I didn't want to start lectures on faith and and then take a week break right as soon as we start it and go into Father's Day. And so I was like, okay, what can we do for two weeks? And it was like, clear answer, this and that. <laughs> and so I, I'm happy with it. Thank
4: you so
1: much. Uh huh.
0: yeah. It was hey, just- Lisa,
1: have you had fun tonight?
0: <laughs> yep this is our our book club We're
1: <laughs> she, lisa, lisa is part? part of
0: our isaiah decoded book club on yeah. saturday mornings
3: oh nice <laughs> oh i think i think it's all just wonderful that's why i'm here and i want to be here there here here there wherever <laughs> together next week too
5: so <laughs> and by
3: the way tracy i'm in oregon too oh cool where are you i'm outside of grant's pass in the woods i'm in cottage right Grove. In law. Oh. My in-laws are in
6: Grants Pass. We're not too
1: okay. far. Wow, your in-laws. Mm-hmm. I'm going there next week. I mean, yeah, Friday. my
3: goodness. What is your in-laws name? I mean, I don't know a lot of people here yet, but I only got here. Oh,
1: Miriam
3: is mm-hmm. their last
1: name. Okay. You probably wouldn't know them. They're in a senior community, but okay. so, yeah. Do you live like in Gold Hill or something? Is that where
3: you live? I live um, on a road that's called, it's kind of like a scenic highway that's on the Rogue River and in the woods. It's a little, it's a little remote. I don't get good cell reception, but I do get good uh, internet because um, my husband put up a Starlink thing. So Mm. that's why I can do this, which is just so such a blessing to have that.
5: Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's really quiet here. I really, it's been such a uh, just a fast and away from all the noise that's associated with uh, living around, you know, more more populous areas. So you know, now when I hear the birds and you know, it's just like my ear is starting to pick out such. Um, such nice things here in the woods. It's just really been an interesting experience. Where was your other
4: life? Where did you live? Pardon? Where did you live before this? I lived in Lehigh. Okay. I lived in Lehigh, too. We were in the 25th Ward for a while. Oh,
3: yeah. I was there um, with my son and his family, and there's a lot of building going on there right now just amazing about noise a yeah lots of noise and lots of dirt and dust we had because we were right in the middle of the construction in a way but uh our the ward that we were in split three times in one summer that's how much growth was
4: happening it was unbelievable <laughs> oh that's so hard yeah. i had to deal with all that oh my gosh
6: i know it's <laughs> unbelievable Welcome to Oregon. <laughs> yeah.
5: <Nope.
3: Quite> happy. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to stay because the property that my husband has been working on was a real fixer and he still has a lot to do. So I was with my son and his family. And I came out in December and I just took one look at it at the woods and I said, I like it here. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Something- so, so at some point, I'll have to go back and get my, like, my son's going to mail me some of my summer clothes, because I really only brought a suitcase full of winter clothes. But what good practice is that, not to have any of your stuff? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my is Lehi. I'm living like a little hermit.
5: <laughs>
3: my hermitage.
5: <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm like Cameron, and the, the coconut fell on my head, and I've been doing nothing but studying, and I love it my husband comes in he goes oh, you're doing that again
0: <laughs> you know, to outsiders it, it's just like um i don't know people ask me what i do for fun and i'm like you really want to know
3: like birthday parties and stuff and i'm like i'll have to put my book down
5: Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I don't know what happened to me um,
2: i'm glad we have this book club because i think we all like to read and like our information junkies
0: <laughs> oh, and getting insights and stuff and it's one thing to study on your own but it's another thing to be like okay now i need to like talk it through with people I'm the, did i interpret that right like what do you guys think
3: i am so glad you're a people person cameron because this is what <laughs> i was craving i was even inviting certain people that i knew that were like you know gospel doctrine teachers do you want to just like you know have gospel discussions no <laughs> i wasn't getting any traction no, <laughs>
2: <laughs> i think we're a small group <laughs> I, I tried that in my ward too
6: and it's like nope nobody yeah yeah so lisa try hop into the other two groups too because it's a lot okay. of fun yeah. yeah,
2: they're yeah. all very di- they're all very different
5: very different yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> <They're>, yeah. <laughs> That's an
5: understatement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love all three of them.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it'll oh, be fun next week.
1: Bernie, by the way, if you aren't gonna be here next week.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what our schedule is, but you might not be.
6: <laughs> it's a surprise.
0: Um, well, any other comments, questions, or anything for next week or lectures on faith, prep rise? If not, we'll head out for for the day. Anyway, super fun. <laughs> Didn't even get to a hundredth part of it, but I loved our discussion. It was awesome.
3: Thanks, Cameron. Thanks, everyone.
5: Thank,
1: was- Thank you. Thank you. Nice uh, you guys in a half an hour.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll
1: <laughs>